Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle, watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and a whole lot more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, my man. How are you doing? Good. You ready for game week? The Broncos locker room will be open. Peyton's going to be talking. And here we go into the Houston, Texas. Well, uh, the great thing about being on a heater like they are is that it adds importance more and more importance to every subsequent game that they play. And I don't think anyone would look at this game with Houston. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a preseason who'd have thunk it kind of thing. Yep. But look at the importance that it has not only for the Broncos, but for the Houston Texans as well. Right. These two teams have the exact same record. Mm-hmm. They're in a very similar situation. Both of them are looking for tiebreakers against teams in the AFC. Mm-hmm. And... uh yeah, I mean, Houston's coming off a loss. Broncos have won five straight. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, hey, look, there's a lot more juice heading out there when you're in a situation like this than whether you then they've lost four of the last five, and this has become a lost season, and we're only playing for position in the draft. So I'm thankful for it. I am too. I bet you are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we can actually talk about the game. Instead of where are they going to draft? Right, going to be available. Sure. Who's going to be the new quarterback yeah. next year? I, We've been doing that for six, six, seven years. Yes, uh, it, yes, nice it gets tiresome. It does. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Tuesday is usually the day websites release their power rankings. I found it interesting that two different websites had two totally different takes on where the Broncos should be. With that, NFL.com has the Broncos at number 15 at first glance. You know, you can make the case yeah. they're middle of the pack right sure. now. They're, you know, they're six and five, right? Yeah. But, but the Browns are ahead of the Broncos, who they just beat, at number 11. Browns are seven and five. Mm. Bills are number 12. They have a worse record. They're 6-6, six and six, and the Broncos just went to Buffalo, and they beat them. Pro football talk, I think it's more reasonable. But you really have to take a step back and say, are the Broncos really the 10th best team in the NFL? They are ahead of the Texans, same record. Head of the Browns, just beat them. Head of the Colts, same record. Head of the Bills, just beat them. Which power ranking is a better indication of where the Broncos are right now as you and I have watched every single minute of every single game? Power rankings are like polls. They're kind of the result of people that don't have enough to do. So they rank teams. I don't care where the Broncos are. I don't care whether they're 10th. 15th, 17th. Very cynical of you this I, early I, in the You know something? Usually that's my I job. I know you are. I, see? I got to work on that a little bit. Becoming more or less. 
Because usually you're not cynical at all. Well, I'm cynical about this because, A, it doesn't matter, and, B, it's kind of silly. Now, I think where, where you're going with, and I think it's, uh, it's an interesting talking point, is perception. What's the perception out there? How much are people buying into the Broncos? Not that that matters a great deal, but it's always kind of fun to know where you sit. Um, I have brothers that none of them are Broncos fans. None of them live anywhere near Denver. They all live in very different places. And it, within the last week, there's been a little more, a little more, hey, good win. Right. Good football team. Paying attention. My gosh, Peyton stuff starting to work, traction, things of that nature. So it's kind of interesting to see when the timing of that starts to kick in. Mm -hmm. And I think we're there. I think there's still plenty of skepticism. And you know what? If you look at the way that they won, the four previous games, mm-hmm. then they then the one they won on last Sunday against the Browns, you could make that argument. They haven't always played great. They've played timely football. Right. They played opportunistic football. Right. Those are all really good things to build on, but I get the skepticism to some degree. I tend to think, and I, I don't know where you are on this, but I think I know, the Broncos are getting incrementally better every single week. They found a foundation. They found a foundation of belief. They found a foundation built on buy-in and an understanding of, hey, something has been presented to us that if we execute it, we have a pretty good chance to win, and they've stuck with it. So maybe we're seeing them a little ahead of the curve than maybe some others are, but I don't care whether they're 15, 10, 9. It doesn't make any difference to me. What makes a difference to me is will they beat the Houston Texans on Sunday and now pop up to a likely playoff team? Likely. Talking about a 60% chance. Get That's more math for you there. But that one is at least arrived at in a manner of looking at metrics and statistics and numbers and who they're playing and this, that, and the other thing. The Broncos will be in the 60% range of making the playoffs, playoffs if they beat That's right. Thank you, Jim. If they beat the Houston Texans. That's a that's a pretty good place to be in. I'm not big on power rankings, no. but I do see them for what they are, which is a snapshot in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is where you are at right now. Right. Very easily change next week. And you know what? It likely will change next week. If the Broncos lose, they will fall. If they win, they might go up a little bit because, you know, there's there's more room at the bottom yeah. for them to fall than for them to go up top. You're right. I'm with you on that. I'll tell you what is interesting, though, and I'm, and I'm thinking about it as I'm listening to you talk. I can't remember the last time we talked about power rankings with the Broncos in a positive way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You could make the case we haven't done that since the midway point or the, I don't know, the quarter pole of the 2016 season. Yeah. 
Think about that mm-hmm. for a second. You know, it's it's staggering. I, I mean, the last time that I probably talked about power rankings on this show, you had basically just moved from what Oklahoma, yep. to Denver, yeah, bringing bad juju with me. The last the, the last time we talked about power rankings, you lived here how many years? I I'm in my eighth year. I didn't even know you. And you didn't miss anything. I didn't. No. And to this day, I am still not missing anything. You aren't missing a damn thing. I'll let you know when you're missing something. Okay, thank you. Yep. I think the reason why, and I think when you look at, is this logical? Are they really the 10th best team in the league? Logically, you can make that case. Logically. Logically, you can. Doesn't mean it's true. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are they ahead of the uh, Browns? Yes, they just beat. They beat them. them. Are they ahead of the Bills? Yes, they just just beat. Them. It's not like they beat them first game of the season and beat them on the road. Are they ahead of the Texans and Colts? Yes, they have the same record. Texans and Colts are higher up in the playoff ranking it's because they have like one more conference win. Yeah, but the point is, if I'm voting and I'm just looking at this logically, who's the hotter team? Broncos, there isn't. There isn't one. Broncos are a hotter team than the Texans. There's no Broncos, hotter team. Broncos no. are a hotter team than the Colts. Yeah, you're right. Jonathan Taylor, is he going to be playing this week? No, L- at least two weeks with a thumb injury. That's right. So it makes sense just to put them there, honestly, whether it is true or not. Well, they're sitting there. Where are they this week? Are they number <laughs> eight or number nine in the AFC playoff list right now? They were number 10 nine. two weeks ago, so they're nine yeah. now. So. Are there eight teams better than the Broncos in the AFC? The Browns aren't. They should. I don't think so. I don't think they are. Actually, here's the thing. This is what I felt watching this game. The Broncos are not only a better team. They curb stomped them. They embarrassed them. They hit them sometimes legally, sometimes not legally. But they pushed around a defense that is... That's calling card is dishing out punishment. They just don't want to beat you. They want to bloody your shirt. Yeah. And ironically, it was their quarterback that got bloodied. If you are paying attention, I don't know why most people would because the game is over. Pay attention to what's going on in the Cleveland media right now. Broncos are cheap. It was a lucky win. If we only had our quarterback healthy, yaddy. You got the crap kicked out of you. Yeah. On they both, got yeah. beat. They got there's a difference between losing a football yeah. game and getting beat up. Getting beat up is something the Ravens do. It's something that the Steelers do. Finesse teams don't beat you up. This team defensively kicked the crap out of them. I like the Browns. The Browns are fine with me. I'm okay. I mean, I, I don't I, dislike the Browns. I, I don't dislike Why them at all. I? I like their makeup. I think I like them defensively. I think, I mean, they've got a lot to like, but the Broncos were the better football team. And this is the first time during the streak where I think that you emerge from the game and say, hmm, there's something, there's something going on here. Well, does Cody Rourke agree? He is our Broncos insider. From MileHighSports.com, he joins us next to talk about that. We know that he believes, but does he believe enough in saying, you know what, not can the Broncos make the playoffs? I think they're going to make the playoffs.
We'll see if Cody has that attitude right now. Next. When supper time came, the old cook came on deck saying, fellas, it's too rough to feed you. At 7 p.m., a main hatchway gave in. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman tomorrow. The Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved, get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Johnson Garage Doors. Fast, on-time, professional, same-day services. That's Johnson Garage Doors. Go to johnsongaragedoors.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I'm going to bring in Cody Rourke. He joins us every Wednesday on the show. He's our Broncos insider. Of course, you can catch his work on milehighsports.com. And also, you can catch his video podcast on YouTube every day. Good morning, Broncos, at 9 a.m. Good morning, Cody. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing, gents? Uh, Very well. Uh, We can sit and look at the schedules and do the whole win-loss, win-win, win-loss, loss, whatever. Not looking at schedules necessarily, although in some ways you probably need to, even though you can't predict the outcomes of games. You're going to go by the every given Sunday scenario. Do the Broncos actually feel like, look like a legitimate playoff team right now to you? Yeah, they do. In in my opinion, I think a lot of it is you're getting good bounce from the offense in terms of the run game, 169 yards on the ground against a very tough and stingy Cleveland Browns defense, probably the best defense they've played so far this season. And then obviously, you know, you look at the defense, how well they're playing. I mean, they're playing more physical, they're playing more aggressive, they're generating takeaways. They've had four straight games with three with three or more takeaways. I mean, it's it's a crazy streak there. They're in good position. I, mean, I think they're playing pretty disciplined here so far this season. I mean, during this win streak. Um, yeah, no, I think that they look like a playoff team right now. And here's the thing, though. I, I feel like when we look at the offense, while the offense has been better, I, I still don't think that they're playing their best football yet. So that, if they can get there, I think it's going to make things even more uh, impactful for them going forward. Cody, you love examples uh, of why things work when they do because you can apply it moving forward and the Broncos had a really good format um, after the Cleveland game Uh, the way they ran the ball the way they defended their opportunism it's a continuation of the four games previous but against a Cleveland team that I think there was uh, some real doubt possibly about being able to go head-to-head with a team, especially with that kind of defensive credential. The value of winning a game like that in the manner that they did is kind of the gift that keeps giving, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I think the theme that we've been talking about this team for years is, well, hey, 
Like Denver has been competitive in some of these games, but they're always finding ways to lose. Mm-hmm. Or they're finding ways to win. And look, going into that fourth quarter, it wasn't like, oh, hey, Denver's running away with it. It's not like the Broncos after Baron Browning, after they called that, that hit on Baron Browning, it, it kind of pissed the defense off. And they called that flag on him. Um, from that point, it was like, ball don't lie. DJ Jones comes up with a big play. And from that moment forward, like Denver just kind of, they took it and they ran away with it. Like that's a team that has improved in that category of, hey, we're going to find a way to win this game. And they did just that because from that point forward, they dominated. Like Cleveland didn't even have a puncher shot at that point. Denver made it very difficult. They put in a new quarterback. So Denver ramped up the pressure on PJ Walker. And obviously we saw how that kind of turned out for him there, but I mean, that was just a statement fourth quarter, I think, for Denver. And, and look, Russ escaping pressure, using his legs. He, you know, he had fired a, a laser to Cortland Sutton, who just couldn't haul it in and get both feet down on that one. Of course, all the crazy catches Court's made, like that's the one he wasn't able to get. Uh, but then he goes and he fires that to Adam Troutman, who gets, you know, one knee in. And uh, obviously one knee is two feet in the NFL. And that was, that was just a big momentum thing. And then, you know, they, they just run the football well. And then the defense just played smothering like that. This is a, a, a mark of a team that has improved in an area that we felt like, hey, this is our biggest question for this team. You know, they can compete, but can they find ways to win? Well, they're finding ways to win, and I think it's a good sign for them going forward. Last year, the narrative was, man, the Broncos got fleeced in that trade for Russell Wilson. Might have been one of the worst trades in not Broncos history necessarily, but maybe one of the worst trades in NFL history. Have we hit a point where we're saying, well, it was an even trade, or are you going to go as far to say the Broncos won the trade? Yeah, I mean, I think after last year, everyone's like, okay, hey, yeah, they lost that trade. But I think, to be honest with you, looking at it now, what the C- look at the Seahawks. Like, they're going through their own ups and downs. They're a little inconsistent. Geno Smith isn't playing his greatest football right now, but I think he's like everyone gets so caught up in the moment and the vacuum of it, like, oh, Russ played so terribly. Look, at they got fleeced here. Um, I think the trade is actually kind of balanced out. I don't necessarily think one team won or one team you know, on the other side didn't. I mean, Drew Locke has gotten into one game this year and hasn't been great, but you look at Shelby Harris no longer on the Seahawks. You look at one of their offensive tackles they got in the draft. He's not playing. He's banged up. Uh, and the, the, Say the one guy that they do have from that, that they get got from that trade, the cornerback Witherspoon, he's playing really great, right? So that's Good a, football you know, player. Seahawks yeah. are benefiting there from that dynamic, but Denver's also benefiting from Russ. Um, and Russ is playing good football right now. He's not putting up a lot of numbers in the passing game, but he's playing efficient. He's protecting the football. And, you know, he's got, like I said, Denver is moving the chains. And, look, we even saw him use his legs. So we haven't seen him do that really since, in my opinion, I think the Commander's game where we saw some QB design runs for Russ. So things uh, are just playing well. Um, I, I think that right now the, the trade is pretty balanced on both sides, despite how much Denver gave up. I don't think really how much – that you know that really matters. I think if we want to talk about maybe one of the worst trades in NFL history. I think that Cleveland Browns Deshaun Watson trades rearing its head a little bit further. Yeah. One more thing about Russell Wilson. When you look at the two teams that he was the quarterback for, that went to the Super Bowl, his numbers were good, very good. Twenty six touchdowns, nine interceptions in two thousand and thirteen. Twenty fourteen, twenty touchdowns and seven interceptions. Passed for maybe thirty four hundred yards. Completion percentage was 63%. I'm guessing after those two seasons, Russ started to feel like, I'm Russ. I'm Mr. Unlimited. And he probably said to Pete Carroll, I want more. I want to do more things. I find it interesting that the next two seasons passed for over 4,000 yards. His completion percentage was higher. He was, generally speaking, moving forward, throwing more touchdown passes. 
Yes, Seattle won two playoff games until he eventually left. Looking at that and looking just at those numbers, um, can you make the case that maybe Russ of 13 and 14 when they went to the playoffs is a better Russ, even though the Russ that had better numbers didn't get them wins in the playoffs consistently? Yeah, no, I'd say that. And look, I I think so many people are enamored, and I think this is the Patrick Mahomes effect. I think it's a you know a little bit of an illusion for so many people. They think that you you know your quarterback has to go in and throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns in order to be good. Like if he's controlling the the flow of the game, Denver's converting on third down, which this season they haven't been great at, but they've been improved during this win streak. They've been much better on third down. Even that game against Buffalo, where they had five or six attempts of third and 12 plus, but they still finished pretty much at a really good percentage on third down in that game. Uh, that's what you want to see. You want to see command of the operation. And when Denver, obviously, the red zone hasn't been great this season, but Russ has been good in the red zone, and they could be even better. I mean, 17 touchdowns to zero interceptions inside the red zone there. If Denver can find a way to have a little more balance in the run game, especially when they get down there, I, I think that they will have an opportunity to, to do a little bit more, put more points on Because I feel like going back and watching these games, even though, like, the defense has generated takeaways. The offense has left so many points out on the field. I mean, Denver, ideally, I mean, they're putting up 20 points in all their wins, but they should be putting up 30, you know, in, in situations like that. So um, I think his overall command of the operation has the Broncos in a position where, yeah, if the defense keeps playing the way that it is, it is very reminiscent of those two teams that did make it to the Super Bowl under Pete Carroll in Seattle. Yeah, I, I think you're right on target. The, the, the obvious ceiling for this football team, is within that offensive room. Uh, There's room to get better. Let's talk about Houston a little bit. It's a remarkable story, maybe one of the best in the NFL. D'Amico Ryans has done an incredible job. C.J. Stroud has been marvelous. What are the things that you are looking for this week in terms of matchups that are advantageous for the Broncos? Give us some metrics that we need to pay attention to. Yeah, well, I think one of the biggest things, too, is just containing C.J. Stroud here because he's got great escapability to get outside the pocket. And then another thing that I think he does really well is when they run the scramble drill, he's got eyes all across the field. And, you know, because he's athletic, if the pocket breaks down, he's very good at stepping up and stepping out. And that makes him very dangerous here. But I will say something to monitor. Uh, the Texans have an offensive lineman, Titus Howard, who's been really big for them this season. He's going to be out for the rest of the season with an injury uh, that he suffered to his knee. So that's a big blow to them. Obviously, there's Laramie Tunsil, who obviously you have to keep an eye on there. I think Denver's pass rush this week is going to be very, very crucial for them. And I'm very curious to see what they do, especially because he can get outside the pocket. I don't know if we're going to see a lot of plays where Denver is going to stunt on the inside and do some of the you know tackle and twist that we've seen them do. Um, but more importantly, it's it's just generating takeaways there. I, I think you can look at a blueprint how the Houston Texans played against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals did a really good job against them in that game, and C.J. Stroud had his worst game as a pro. He threw three interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. So it's pressure him, and you have to obviously cover. You have to cover longer than the initial second because, look, because of his escapability, you look at a long-rangey target like Nico Collins. He's having a terrific year. Tank Dell has emerged out of nowhere for them. I never heard of him until like the last four or five weeks. He's a speedy guy. He's got legitimate speed, and they still have Robert Woods. And then the one element they got back last week is Damian Pierce. He's a really good running back. Um, he's back from injury. 
So they're healthy outside of, you know, a couple guys on that offensive line. I think pressure is paramount here. Denver's going to have to really turn it up this week defensively against C.J. Stroud. He, in my opinion, is probably – their offense is probably the biggest dynamic that I'm a little worried about. I feel like this is Denver's biggest test so far this season mm, well, in terms of this winning streak and who they're facing. Well, when you look at their wide receivers, Tank Dell is the guy who always seems to be in all the highlights, right? Yep. He, he and Nico Collins have nearly identical numbers in terms of catches. They're pretty close on yards yards per catch, touchdowns, they look to be pretty equal. So with that, which assignment would you give to Pat Sertan? And how much does it worry you, the guy who's going to be covering the other guy? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I would rather, I think at this point, I put Sertan on uh, Nico Collins just because I think Sertan has the height and the length. And Nico Collins is the guy who's got height, he's got length. I, I'm okay. I th- I trust Jaquan McMillan with yep. Tank Dell when he lines up in the slot. Um, and, I, you know, even to a point as well, I do trust Fabian Moreau on the outside against Tank Dell. I think Fabian Moreau's showcased quite a bit uh, to me in the last few weeks since he stepped into the starting lineup. He, he's a guy that does his job, never gets burnt deep. Um, but it's going to be a, a test there, you know, against these guys because they have size, speed, and athleticism. And that is a little bit of a dangerous combination. There's a reason why they were okay moving on from Brandon Cooks for Tank Dell. Like, there's a huge reason why, and Tank Dell obviously is fitting that to a T. Um, they're dangerous. They are a dangerous offense, and I'm very curious. And they're coming off an emotional loss at home this past week to Jacksonville. Uh, so, yeah, the stakes are going to be very, very high this week. And you know what? They, they released that kicker, but they brought in, I don't know if they've signed him yet, but they brought in Brett Maher uh, for a tryout yesterday. So, could be a potential storyline there to watch in this game on Sunday, folks. Hey, really appreciate your time, Cody, as always. Both of us will see you in the locker room later on today. All righty. Sounds good, gents. Have a good one. Thanks, Cody. Cody Rourke, our Broncos insider. You can catch him on MileHighSports.com. Okay, there is word. Jamal Murray could play tonight. Upgraded to questionable. I know this is going to sound nuts saying this. Do you Never re- stopped you before. Right. Do you really want him to play tonight? And I say that on multiple levels. That's next. You look at me, you got nothing left to say. I'm on about at you until I get my way. I won't dance, you won't sing. I just want to love you, but you want to wear my ring. Well, there's nothing I can do. Swallow my pride, I would choke on the rinds, but the lack thereof would leave me empty inside. Swallow my doubt, turn it inside out, find nothing but faith in nothing. Wanna put my tender Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk. Here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. On the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store will be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Roller Auctions. Get what you want at the price you want. Go to rollerauction.com slash MHS and they'll send you notifications on their latest auctions. 
Jamal Murray's been upgraded to questionable. There's belief that he will play in tonight's game against Houston. Uh, with that, while the Nuggets certainly want him back in the lineup, no reasonable person is going to argue that. You want him back in the lineup. You need him on that wall. Right. Way to go, Colonel Jessup. Can you make the case it might be better in the long term for a couple of reasons that he misses maybe another week or so to get the guys more playing time and to get him off the track of potentially becoming a first, second, or third team all-NBA player because if he makes that, remember, he turned down a deal during the offseason because mm-hmm. he wants a Supermax deal. Yeah. And that's going to be about $47 million plus per season to go with Jokic's $47 million plus per season that could blow an absolute hole into their payroll and push them so far into the luxury tax, they will be getting major penalties for doing it. Does... Jamal Murray want a Supermax deal? You better believe he does. All that's right. why he turned down. And that's why you just roll it out and you let things take care of themselves. You don't want a disgruntled player. Has he? Will he have earned it if he gets it? Yes. And I just don't think that you play with that kind of chemistry. No, no. You, you're, you're not holding him out to not pay him. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm suggesting. He's missed 11 games with a hamstring right. injury. He's got to play X amount of games to qualify for all NBA teams. 65 games right. he needs to play. Yeah. That's the cutoff. He can play in a maximum of 71 games this season. I wouldn't play with that. I would I'd be no. very careful. I'd be very careful about trying to play a game where you're potentially viewed as limiting him. No, 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 no. They're not going to sit him if he's healthy to do this. They're not like in Major League Baseball, sometimes they play with a player's service years mm-hmm. to keep them for an mm-hmm. extra year. Yes, they do. I'm not suggesting the Nuggets will do this at all. What I'm saying is maybe you kind of hope that injury lingers just a wee <laughs> bit more. I don't. They need him. They need to be whole. Remember, the record that they currently have right now is pretty much identical yeah. to what they had last year. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you need to start develop. Look, my attitude is this guy is going to be a Supermax player. I don't think he will be. I, okay. I'll tell you, not this year. Forget about the well, injuries. Do you think... Jamal Murray with the way he has historically played in the regular season. Well, if that's the that's the X factor. Yep. If you give me if you give me that as an absolute, then probably not. But I'm not saying that that's I mean, I think that his game will continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think that he is driven by this. He understands the economics. It's something that's important to him. Does he have the game? The kind of game to be a supermax player. Yep, you're damn right he does. But, but we're we're to, we are talking about playoff Jamal. We're not talking about regular season Jamal. Well, we're talking historically about it. But I'm just talking about his game. Well, look, his game is supermax ready. He's got a good enough game. Now it's incumbent upon him to 
be consistent in the regular season. I will give you that. He needs to take a step forward from a consistency standpoint in the regular season. Yes. But if he trends that way, and I think that he probably will because his game is intact, what part of his game isn't good enough for him to get there? Not suggesting that. All I'm saying is through the first seven games in which he was healthy, he's averaging 16 points a game. He's got some work to do. That, that's that's not Jamal. That's not playoff Jamal. Mm-mm. Playoff Jamal yep. is like 25 points a game. Yeah, the key becomes making it work without it being a distraction. This is a good problem to have because he's a very, he's a great player. He's mm-hmm. not a good player. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. So now it's working it into a into the type of model that we saw in the postseason. Is that sustainable over 60-some-odd games in the regular season? Eh, probably not, but the focus is different. But could the focus be different for Jamal in the regular season when he's got a carrot at the end of the stick? Sure. No question about it. It will be interesting to see how it plays out. I do think it's important to get a good working five, front five, because only with that are you going to be able to really start working on your second five, on that second unit. And Reggie and Reggie Jackson is going to be a key guy on that second unit. I'll put it to you this way. So is Jamal, frankly. I'll put it to you this way. If Jamal Murray becomes a super max player, and, and I believe this is the case, I can't say it definitively because I don't know who's going to be back next year, so on and so mm-hmm. forth, right? Sure. Next year, the Celtics will have the highest payroll at a tick under $196 million. Next is Phoenix. They have two Supermax players in Bradley Beal and Booker. And we're not even including Kevin, Kevin Durant's Durant. salary. Yeah. Minnesota, by the way, is going to be number three. They have two Supermax players already in Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. And they are about to likely, I think, get another one in Anthony Edwards. Yeah. I have little doubt he's going to be a Supermax player. I am am with you. Because he will be first team, second team, third team this year. Yeah. Right now, Minnesota's cap is, or where, where they're at on payroll, is $190 million. Wow. Denver is number four for next year at $188 million. Give Jamal a Supermax deal, and they are pushing $200 million. Yeah. Minnesota is pushing roughly $200 million plus. It makes it more difficult with the new luxury tax rules. Sure does. And you get penalized big time. Yep. And I don't think Stan or any reasonable owner wants to go into that world. Not because of the money, but because of the punishment that you will receive. Well, then it becomes a question of what do you give up to gain? I mean, they're already, they've already made changes in the way that they're trying to seed their second unit with young players Correct. that are low on the income pole. And Calvin Booth is looking way ahead on this. Totally. Because he probably believes Murray might get a Supermax deal. I don't think he's going to this year. 
because I don't think he's going to qualify for the All-NBA team. He may very he's, well not. He's not going to be the MVP, and he's not going to be the Defensive Player of the Year. I'll tell you where they're very lucky. They got Aaron Gordon at about $24 million a year. Steal. Steal. Michael Porter Jr. is sitting at about $36 million a year. Right? Mm-hmm. After that, KCP, he's at 15 and then you drop exponentially with Reggie Jackson at about five. But then Zeke Naji brings it up at close to nine. Yeah. After that, it's like all bunch of manageable salaries. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, balancing the competitiveness and the championship medal of a team and how they get paid is one of the marks of a great franchise. You've yep. got to be able to do it. Minnesota is a very interesting proposition. They've done nothing. Nothing. And they're about to be in the third Supermax strata. It's interesting. Now, has anyone looked to see who's leading the division? That would be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Division? They have the best record in the NBA. Or the, the, in, the second best record in the NBA. Best in the West. They are a half game behind the Boston Celtics. Yeah, that's it. They're off, to, they're off to a really nice start. Well, they have they have their players healthy now. And I remember saying last year, during the playoff run, Minnesota was their toughest challenge. And people laughed at me. I said, wait a minute. And I think for Carl Anthony Towns, he developed into a guy, at least against the Nuggets, in, in game four and game five. You know what? As much as I like to sit out there and not be physical and shoot threes, Carl Anthony Towns became physical. And when he became physical, he became a problem. And that's why I was worried about a game six, believe it or not. And now they have back their best defensive player. Yeah. I'm still. Ed Edwards, to me, is the guy on that team. I'm not debating that. I mean, he he he's the guy that, to me, makes them the most intriguing. Carl Anthony Towns is fantastic, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. When he's when he's more of a physical presence yep. and not just a, a big finesse guy that thinks that he can just float around the edges and shoot threes, yep. then you've got something. I'm not a big Rudy Gobert guy, but I mean I see his value. Mm-hmm. I, I see it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Defensively, rebounding. Those are and he understands who he is. He doesn't try to be something that he's not. So from that standpoint, I respect him. Um, I would agree. I, I think Minnesota is a very intriguing basketball team at this particular point. I mean, one thing about and we don't want to get too far down the road. Right. Because it feels like we're talking about a potential playoff matchup. Jaden McDaniels didn't play last year. Mm-mm. You think Aaron Gordon's going to be as effective with Jaden McDaniels at six foot ten, nice and long, yeah. guarding him? That 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 I mean, you're you're helping neutralize one of your best players, yeah. two way players for sure. Sure. I mean that's what you try to do, mix and match guys that, that give you the best chance. Everybody talks about the Nuggets' size and length. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota's front yep. line, Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, Jaden McDaniel. Bigger. All 6'10 and, and larger. Yeah, larger. And yes, I know that Michael Porter Jr. is 6'10". You know what? Carl Anthony Towns, you can put him on Michael Porter Jr., maybe. You can put Jaden McDaniels on Michael Porter Jr. They have the size and the length right there. And uh, if I'm Minnesota, I have zero problems 
letting Anthony Edwards and go. I have zero problems letting Anthony Edwards go head to head with Jamal Murray. Oh no, I none. Mean, that's what they're ba- that's none. what they're made for. No, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Offensive coordinator Sean Lewis is officially moving on from Colorado, and this former NFL coach is considered a wild card for the University of Indiana head coach opening. Yes. Who is it? That's next Bad on Morning sh- Drive on Good with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at mylifesports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Tomorrow, the Larkspur Outlets Home Improvement Store be auctioning off appliances, lumber, home building supplies, and more. Get involved. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Colorado offensive coordinator Sean Lewis will be the next head coach at San Diego State. Uh, Lewis was Kent State's head coach from 2018 through 22 before joining the Buffs uh, this season as offensive coordinator. Lewis was stripped of his play calling duties after eight games by Deion Sanders. Uh, any thoughts on Sean Lewis taking the job at San Diego State? Good for him. Fantastic job. Talk about landing on your feet nicely. Good for him. Look, they averaged 32.1 points under his leadership offensively. I still don't get the whole Pat Shermer thing. I, I mean, it just makes it stunning to me. But. Okay, here here we are, and it's a. Uh, I, I guess this is a notable departure from the program. Although when they took him, when they took the play calling things away from him, it was fairly obvious that he wasn't going to be back. Here we are. When it's all said and done, I believe Sean Lewis will have a longer head coaching career in college football than Deion Sanders, and he will have a better winning percentage than Deion Sanders. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. Again, as we talked about before, if Deion Sanders is willing to understand that when somebody gives him money, there are strings attached to it, that's when things will turn around for Deion Sanders. Until he does that, he's going to have a difficult time getting the recruits that he wants. Period. Right now, he runs the show, he is the CEO. He got what he wanted in Colorado, and Colorado was the one program that said, we will give you full control. I just don't know if Deion Sanders' ego will allow him to take 
Criticism takes suggestions from donors who feel they should be part of the program when they donate big money. Sean Lewis will. Sean Lewis already has a really good history as a head coach. And people can say, well, he's only playing in the Mountain West. Yeah, he's playing with Mountain West talent, too. Oh, yeah. You can do real damage at a place like San Diego State. Are you kidding me? By the way, it's too bad these schedules are out. I would love to see Colorado play San Diego State in the next couple of years. Well, let's see. San Diego State, what, was 4-8 and eight last year? I mean, but they've been really good. I mean, you go back and look at San Diego State over the last eight, nine years. You're talking about their basketball team? No, I'm talking about their I football know. team. They've been really good. Basketball team's basketball better. Basketball team. Well, their basketball team. Played in the national championship. Yeah, right. I'll tell you something funny. I was in San Diego when they clinched the right to go to the final uh-huh. four. Me and I were in a bar, and there were about six people huddled around a TV watching the game. And I was in San Diego in the gas lamp district. It's ridiculous. It's so West Coast. You know what? I will. Sh- I found it the other day. I was just looking through my phone. Uh, for videos and things like that. I'll show you the video of it. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this is pathetic. Well, I hear you. That was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. You can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. That's a big deal. You wouldn't buy a car without test driving it, no. right? Might as well do that with your appliances, right? Right. They have the best appliances out there, best sales staff. They can help you redesign an entire kitchen and extra low prices at their clearance center in Denver. Go check them out at Mountain High Appliance in Louisville, Littleton, and again, check out their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, we haven't really talked about power rankings in a positive way for the last seven years. Well, now there's something to talk about. There are two different websites, NFL.com, ProFootballTalk.com. And you would think when they watch the Broncos, they're watching two different teams. Because honestly, where they are in one poll and the other one, it's a huge difference. That's next. What you thought was your daddy was nothing but a 